Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jacqueline Thornhill, and I am honored to serve as the 97th president. Our club focuses on youth, children's literacy, and we support our active duty military and veterans. We meet on Thursdays at Lowry's at noon. For more information, please visit LasVegasRotary.com or follow us on Facebook at Las Vegas Rotary Club founded 1923, where you can watch a live stream of our weekly meetings. Please enjoy this week's speaker. Thank you. So a couple of months ago, when President Jackie asked me to do this introduction for our district governor, I thought, what could I say that would be relevant and something that is happening at the moment? So the only thing that I could think of was I looked into my crystal ball and I saw that the economies of Wales, Scotland, England, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Uruguay, Fiji, Tonga, and I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, is going to take a hit in the next six weeks. Why, might you say? It's because the Rugby World Cup starts tomorrow <laughs> in Japan 2019. So if you don't know, UNLV has a rugby team, and yours truly even donned the colors a couple of years ago. If you look at my midriff, that was some time ago. Um, and look at those legs, right? Look at those legs. So reg rugby is a sport where there is no changing room, so people in the background have to change their shorts right in front of everybody, so there's freedom for, for all, right? So I know there was... Um, I've spoken to a couple of people in our, in our um, club who've talked to me about rugby and wants me to explain it to, to them and just, just tell me. But some people have actually played the game. So Greg McGuire isn't here. I know he played rugby. And our own past president, Jim Cole, he was a scrum half. So there is various positions in rugby, right? There's props, there's locks. There's an eighth man. I myself played open side and blind side flanker. And then at UNLV, I played fly half and center. But there is also a hooker. And I want to say our district governor is a hooker. I said it. I said it. So what do I mean when I say that? So here is one of the Springboks, your new favorite rugby team, the Springboks. Go Springboks. This is one of the Springboks' best hookers ever. He doesn't play anymore. But what does he do, right? He takes out the opposition to get the ball. Here he's going down, retrieves the ball, and now look, look at what he does. He's making a play, right? He's getting position so that his team smashes the opposition. And then he's making a play for his teammates, right? And when I thought of Luann and what she's done and over the, the past 18 months that we've worked together, this is kind of what I thought about, right? She's making a play. She's taking out the opposition. She's getting the ball. And then she's giving it to the presidents to make plays and do good things and then eventually score the tries. So with that, I would like to introduce your district governor, the hooker for the day, Luann Arredondo. Okay, 
I have to say that was probably the best introduction of me so far. And I, and I know you live stream, so I hope everybody stayed for the explanation. <laughs> so it is my distinct honor to come and talk to the Las Vegas Rotary Club. And I will explain a few things uh, before I get started. Um, so in the governor's line, they put us through rigorous training. And when we go to training, they send us to some of the most exotic and nice places in the world that we get to see on the car ride from the airport to the hotel, and then on the ride from the hotel back to the airport. Because during the day, we are in classes from 7 a.m. until about 9 p.m. And during that time, we're learning all the things that we're supposed to come to clubs and talk to you about. And so in these classes, they're telling us, you must talk to the clubs about this, this, and this. And I was sitting in the back of the classroom, and I don't know if it's because I'm a redhead, if it's because I'm the youngest daughter of 11 kids, if I'm an Aries. I don't know. Maybe I'm just plain obstinate. But I kept thinking, they must not know our district. And when I thought about the Las Vegas Rotary Club, I thought they certainly don't know Las Vegas Rotary. And so I had to raise my hand and say, well, I'd like to do things just a little differently. So I'm going to ask you for the kindness to allow me to do just a little different kind of governor's presentation. I will talk about the things we need to talk about. One is foundation, uh, membership, and brand. And to talk about foundation, I do want to show you a picture. But I have to forewarn you that the picture was taken in the 80s. And I have to tell you that at the time, my hairstyle, I promise you, was considered what we called the bomb diggity. Now today, my kids tell me it looks like I'm wearing a mop. So I will forewarn you with that. Let's see. There we go. So that picture is of me with my Aunt Sue. And the reason I bring her up is because my Aunt Sue had polio. And in our family, we grew up with polio in our household. But we didn't think about it the way we think about it today. For us, it didn't mean much. It was part of our daily lives to watch my Aunt Sue get out of her wheelchair, crawl across the floor, pull herself up on a brace to do dishes in her sink, which is the one right behind us there, and she would do dishes there, get back down on the floor, crawl back to her wheelchair and get back into it. And people have asked me, well, how did she contract polio? And so I always tell them, two weeks, two weeks. Because at the time, they would line the families up because it was such an epidemic. And there were so many people. They would line the families up on the street outside of clinics to get the vaccinations, or at least what they thought was a vaccination. And so imagine these families lined up, a few families in front of my mother's side of the family, and the clinician comes out and he says, we're so sorry, we're out of vaccinations, come back in two weeks. My Aunt Sue at the time was two and a half years old. In that two weeks, she contracted polio. So at a time in her life when she was learning to run, I have a 21-month-old granddaughter who's just a few months younger than my aunt who was when she contracted polio. And I know how she flails around the house running. And I can't imagine barely learning to run and that excitement for life 
and then having to then crawl for the rest of your life. The Rotary Club of Santa Fe gave her her first set of braces. That was her connection to Rotary. And so in my governor's year, I wanted to make sure that when I talked about foundation and I talked about polio, I told the story of Aunt Sue. But I also wanted to tie it to something that we're working on this year. This year, our district celebrates its 100th anniversary. 100 years of doing good in the world, District 5300. And my husband, who you met earlier, Moses, he's Mexican-American. And when I go to their family's house for any kind of family gathering, they always have a piñata. And so I thought, I'm going to have a piñata. And so this is my piñata. So those of you with kids know Peppa the pig. But for Rotary and for my year as governor, Peppa stands for Polio Eradicating Pig Promise for All. And I am passing her around. So the reason it's a piñata is because I am passing her around. This is Peppa number four. You are club 21 in my governor visits. In the top of her head here, there's a hole, and I would like to pass her around, and I'd like everybody in this room to donate 60 cents, two quarters and a dime. That's all. If you don't carry change, put a dollar. But I'm only asking for 60 cents. I will start it at the head table over here and have it make its way around. You guys can do that for me. And the reason I'm doing that is because at our district conference in May, when we celebrate our 100th anniversary, the RI president, Mark Maloney, will be in attendance. And he will be breaking open the piñatas. And instead of candy outpouring, I want him to know that in each of these piñatas is 2,197 vaccinations. One vaccination for every Rotarian in our district. So if you would do me the kindness to help fill Peppa, I would appreciate it. This is Peppa 4. I filled Peppa 3 this morning in Mesquite Sunrise. So we, we are on number 4, and I have 44 visits to go. So while she's making her rounds, I have a question for the audience. Based on this club's all-time giving for polio, how many vaccinations do you think you have given in total as of July 1 of this year? How much? 500,000 is the guess? More than that. Less than 4 million. Less than 3 million. 2,771,432. 2,771,433 <laughs> this club. This club. That's what I mean when I say they must not have come to Las Vegas Rotary. Because how do you come to a club and say, let's talk about the importance of foundation and polio eradication when you obviously have that down pat. That's a lot of vaccinations so that nobody else will know. I do get questions all the time about why we have to give to polio, why are we still in this fight. 
And I got to tell you, prior to Rotary getting involved, you know this story, over 300,000 a day. Rotary got involved, partnered with the World Health Organization, partnered with the United Nations, and in less than a decade, we eradicated polio from the Pacific Rim. By 2007, 70% of all polio cases were in India. We cleaned India. We have 19 cases this year from Afghanistan and Pakistan. We have to finish that fight because we've shown the world what we can do 60 cents at a time. That's the cost of a vaccination, 60 cents. Now, I have to tell you, one of the things that really startled me is that I learned that the United Nations, World Health Organization, and Rotary is involved in identifying potential risk cases that can enter the United States. We are a global economy. People travel here all the time. Last year, four youth coming into the United States on student visas were stopped because they were carrying the wild polio virus. Four cases that could have entered this country and reinfected the United States. Think about our homeless population that we deal with. Think of how quickly that would have respread. Polio is, as long as there is one case, polio is still only one flight away. So I thank you for your work in foundation. I thank you for your work with polio eradication because you truly are doing what needs to be done. I want to move, if we can, into... Membership. Oh, is it not going to show? No, nope, I don't think it's going to show. All right. We'll go without the slide. So on the slide was pictures. I am myself a fourth generation Rotarian. Our family celebrates 103 years in Rotary on October 16th. The pictures on the very end were of my, I have three boys. My middle son, Zachary, was inducted into Rotary by RI President Ian Risley two years ago as the world's first fifth generation Rotarian. Our youngest son, Brian, I will tell you about in three minutes but he is also a Rotarian, and he has a direct connect to this club. But when I think about it, people, wherever I go, and when I've traveled to speak in other clubs outside our district, they say, wow, four generations, that's amazing. And I tell them, it's all right. It's not that amazing to me, because i got to tell you, that decision was made for me four generations ago. By the time I came around, it was known I would be in Rotary. So there wasn't much of a decision. It was just a decision of when I would join Rotary. So if I could, if I could have every first generation that's in this room, please stand up. First generation. When I'm asked the generation that means the most to me when it comes to Rotary, I tell them first-generation Rotarians hold my heart because you are the Paul Harris's of this generation. It takes courage, it takes commitment, and it takes 
the wisdom and vision to know that you will persist to say, I'm going to do good in this world, and I'm going to do good under the banner of Rotary. That takes commitment. So to you, I bow. You can sit. Thank you so much. The decision to join Rotary is huge. You truly are the, the Paul Harris's of the generation. I want to share a story with you about membership because when we think about membership, we're always told it's about that warm body in the seat. And as I grew up, the first generation, my great-grandfather, Sakel, said, be worthy to sit at the table of Rotary. And he didn't mean from an exclusivity standpoint. He meant train yourself, learn Rotary, learn your profession. Learn everything you can about the things you want to do in life so that when you are called upon to serve and help the Rotarian next to you or an individual in need, not only are you desirous to serve, but you are capable of serving. My grandfather said, once at the table, don't just eat. Engage. If you want to have success in your profession, if you want to have a successful family life, if you want to have a successful business or service life, you have to engage. You can't achieve success without engagement. My father said, when you're in a room of mentors and people that are guiding you, if anybody says, dream big, smile, and then run for the hills. And I said, Dad, why? And he said, because dreaming gives us an excuse to fail. Because if we dream and we don't reach that dream, we, we just say, it's okay, it was only a dream. I'll pick a new dream. He said, always have resolve. Have resolve in everything you do. For me, for my generation, my message passing down to my kids is be the catalyst for the future. Make sure that whatever it is you're doing ensures that the generation that follows you is stronger, better, and wiser than you. Now, my kids who are fifth generations, they're yet to tell their story. They'll figure theirs out. So that was my thing about membership until two years ago. Two years ago, our service club would put shoes and socks on kids in the local community in need. These were 200 what we call our McKinney kids. The McKinney kids rotate. They spend a week in tents with, near an abandoned car. They rotate to an airplane park that has abandoned buses and outhouses that they use. Then they spend a week in a shelter. The last week of the month, they're on their own, but they're on a rotation. And so this, particu this particular day, we're doing shoes and socks. And we put shoes and socks on them. They get to meet Santa. They get a nice toy. They get a backpack full of food. And my job was always to keep the kids happy while they waited. Now imagine 200 kids waiting for all these goodies, being happy and patient. It's almost impossible. So I'm going down the line. I'm giving high fives. High five, high five, high five. And I get to this little girl, and I go, how are you? And she goes, I'm just so excited. And so I, I mirror people when I talk to them. So I bent down and I go, me too. And I go, how old are you? She says, I'm five. And I go, wow, 
Mama Lou, everybody in the community calls me Mama Lou. I go, Mama Lou is 53. And she goes, whoa, and you're still alive? I was like, yeah, could you believe it? And she goes, no. So she goes inside, and she's going through the process, and we have rotary pictures everywhere and coloring books, and we're telling the rotary story to these kids because we want them to know who's helping them. And so she goes through the whole process, and she comes out, and she tugs my shirt, and she says, Mama Lou, I want to be a Rotarian. And I go, you do? And she says, yes. I said, okay. So I rip off the sticker, and I plant it on her chest. I go, raise your right hand and repeat after me. And I had her repeat the four-way test. And so when we were done, I said, by the power vested in me, I hereby W a Rotarian. So she goes, yay! And then she runs and goes to play with the kids. So fast forward a few weeks, and I get a phone call from the principal, Dr. Kessler. And he says, Mama Lou, I need help. And I go, what's up? And he goes, I need more stickers. And I said, okay, well, they come in sheets, and they come in rolls. How, what do, one, what do you need them for? Because we can't put rotary stickers just on anything. And how many do you need? And he said... We need 200 because Ari is inducting Rotarians. So I said, oh, how is she doing that? We think it's hard. How is she doing it? He says, pickles and lemonade. I said, pickles and lemonade? He goes, yes, every Wednesday she sets up her little store with pickles and lemonade and the little Dixie cups, and the kids line up, and they have a choice. They can pay a dime for the pickle and a dime for the lemonade, or they can choose to be a Rotarian. And then she swears them in using her version of the four-way test, which she remembered, and she tells them that they have to commit to keeping the playground clean, doing their homework, helping their teacher, helping their friends. And so she inducted over 200 Rotarians. So I said, okay, I'll send you some stickers. So I sent them some stickers. Fast forward to January of this year. I'm in my final training for the governor's position from Rotary International, and I'm coming down the hallway, and you're not allowed to be late. It's a big deal. And so I'm coming down the hallway, and I get a text message. It says 911-ARI. And in that moment, the whole world felt like it stopped, and it felt like somebody just reached into my chest and ripped out my heart. All I could think about was, what week are we in? Is she at the car? Is she in the bus? Are they on their own this week? Where is she? And when you're scared and you're nervous about the answer, your fingers don't work well. So I'm trying to dial, and I normally swipe, and I'm trying to find it, and nothing's working on the phone. I just wanted to throw it. And I finally get a hold of Dr. Kessler, and I said, how's Ari? How's Ari? What's going on? Tell me. And my heart was pounding. And he goes, oh, no worries. She just didn't want to go to class unless she talked to you. I was like, oh, don't text 911. So, but shame on me for thinking the worst. So I said, okay, so Ari doesn't want to go to class until she talks to me. What's up? And he said she has two requests. One, she wanted to make sure that I knew that the next day was her birthday and if I got her birthday present. So I, of course, said yes. And second request was she didn't want stickers because they don't wash well. So she was having to replace them too frequently. And they were real Rotarians, so she wanted the pins. 
So I said, okay, great, I will get you 200 pins. And he said, oh, no, 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 we're up to 326. <laughs> so in February of this year, I went to Merced Elementary, and I inducted formally 326 new Rotarians. And while I'm doing the induction, I'm doing the four-way test. And so in the middle of the presentation, imagine a six-and-a-half-year-old going, And I'm like, just a minute, just a minute, Ari. She's like, Psst. I'm like, okay, what? She goes, you're saying it wrong. <laughs> so I said, no, 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 this is the real Paul Harris four-way test. And she goes, okay. So I want to introduce you guys to Ari. That is Ari. It took us four assemblies. And the whole time the principal said, I have a half-hour cushion. If you don't hurry, I have to call it a teacher in service day. So I'm trying to hurry, and the kids are like, no, they wanted to do the recognition, the pins. So that's me handing out the pins with the principal behind me, and it took four assemblies. I have the Paul Harris picture back there because Ari reminded me of the spirit of Paul Harris himself. When he grew the club and when he grew Rotary International, he was not worried about having a warm body in a seat. He was worried about how can we network to create greater impact for ourselves, for our beneficiaries, and for our Rotarian friends. And it took Ari, a six-and-a-half-year-old, to teach me that membership has no age. Membership is a mindset. And I know this club fills that mindset. You see it when you come through the door. People greet you. People you don't even know greet you like they've know, known you forever. You leave smiling. You leave feeling invigorated like you can take on the world. And so my message to this club as a member, if you're ever wondering about why you joined Rotary, if the vast projects you're doing aren't a reminder to you, just think of pickles and lemonade. Heck, have a day where you just eat pickles and lemonade. Obviously, it works. As of last night, Ari is now over 500 Rotarians in Merced Elementary. There's only 700 students in the school. And so she, this year, called me because she wanted a governor's visit, and she wanted the first governor's visit. And I said, well, Glendora Rotary Club traditionally gets the first visit. And she said, I'm more important than them. I said, yes, you are. So I showed up, and I gave them their governor's visit. And do you know what their one request of me was? How can we get more members? I said, I think you've got an answer, honey. You've got almost 500 at that time. And she goes... I just can't get the rest, Mama Lou. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I said, well, you're doing a lot more than most of us, so I don't think I have any good answers for you. But she reminds me of membership. Let's see. All right. That's not going to work, but I have a couple of cards here that will help me. So my last thing that I want to talk to you all about is brand. 
And when we think a brand, it's not being in the newspaper all the time. It's not being on the news. It's our reach. It's what we're doing, the people we're impacting. And so I want to share with you the value of the brand that you're creating. So in this room, if you have been in Rotary for more than 10 years, please stand up. So let me tell you what that value is. Rotary International in mid-1990s ran a study to determine the cumulative lifetime value of a Rotarian with 10 or more years. What do you think that number is for each of you? It's based on your giving. It's based on your service projects conducted, the people you've impacted, what they then go on to impact in others? More than a million. I'll tell it's over $64 million. And if the slides were working, I would show you that number, but it is over $64 million. Count the people standing up. There's over a billion dollars right now in this room. You can sit. I'm sorry for making you stand so long. You can sit. That's your brand. You've got branding worth over a billion dollars just in this room. If you're half that number of years, five years, that's about 32 million. So if you just do the math of the number of members in this room and their time in Rotary and the Cumulative lifetime value. I don't need to talk to you about membership. Again, they don't know Las Vegas Rotary. So I have a quiz for you. Let's see if Las Vegas Rotary knows Las Vegas Rotary. So I've got questions for you that relate to your brand and how you have impacted others in the Rotary world. How many times do you think you all have been in the Rotarian magazine? Your lifetime. Club lifetime. How many times have you been in the Rotarian? How many? Oh, too high, but good thinking. I think you should resolve to do that. <laughs> You've been in the Rotarian nine times, nine times, and you were in the Rotarian four times during 1986, four times, 12 editions, and you guys were in four of them. So in early, I got to take off my glasses to read, I apologize. So in early 1986, this club was recognized for putting lights in the football stadium. Anybody here remember that? Rotary International recognized you. It was such a big deal because other clubs across the globe wrote into Rotary and said, how did they do that? What did they do? We didn't know that we could impact the world by putting lights. And they have documentation of clubs that then went out to their communities mirroring Las Vegas Rotary. 
to put lights in their communities, to put street signs so police and fire could find the way. That came from Las Vegas Rotary. You established a local park that year in the name of Rotary. It was one of the first established in the Rotary world. Clubs had donated. Clubs had helped, but they had never established. From that time, clubs all across California started establishing parks in the name of Rotary. Across the eastern seaboard. It's documented in Rotary International. This club, this club. You did matching grants and produced scholarships for the handicapped. Still doing that? Yes? No? Sometimes? People mirrored that. There's more that you've done. I'm sharing with you the things that other clubs across the globe or other clubs across the United States have mirrored and given you credit for. At the International Convention in 1986, you all hosted the Rotary Roundup. That was the first Rotary Roundup. Did you guys know that? That started a trend. Since that time, they have a Rotary Roundup. The host cities must produce a Rotary Roundup. Your term, not theirs. You started that. You changed the scope of the International Convention from 1986 forward. That's branding. You hosted John Paul Monroeville. Do you guys know who that is? You volunteered to host him. So Rotary at the time was under a million members, and your club president at the time wrote in and said, when you get to a million, please let them know we will host them in the city of Las Vegas. Jean-Paul Monroeville came from France. You hosted him, his family. You took him around the Las Vegas area. You took him out to the rural areas. They wrote a full article about it. And he remembers thinking, and in the article he says that he remembers thinking that he thought Las Vegas was just a bunch of gambling people. And when he came here, you showed him the family life. You showed him Rotary on this side of the pond. That's impressive. That's amazing. And you've done other things. You've been in the Rotarian many, many times. And you've even got a gambler from Macau to card count and raise thousands of dollars for polio eradication. And they wrote about it in the Rotarian. I was like, what were they thinking? Why would you put that in print? So all of this is really well documented. But I want to share with you something else you did that is close to my heart and deals with my son, Brian. In 2013, when I was club president of a small club in West Covina, our bank account was negative 3000 I was a three-day transfer into the club and was told I was their next president. Three days transferred from the noon club. 
They had 12 members on their roster. I got to the first meeting. There were four at the table. And I said, where's everybody else? They said, oh, no, no, no. That's just what we tell districts, so they leave us alone. I was like, oh, okay. And they introduce themselves. They get to the last person who was the club president, and he says, we welcome you, but we hope you're not a diehard Rotarian. Now tell us about yourself. So I was like, fourth generation Rotarian. They, later that afternoon, they made me their next club president. I learned all their finances. I learned we were negative 3000 in the bank account for three years. What bank does that? That is generosity at its best. Four members. Went home, told my husband, and he goes, you could always go back to noon. I said, if Paul Harris could do it, I could do it too. He had three friends. I have four. So we dug in. I shaved off all humility. I reached out to 39 clubs. This club was one of those clubs. And I came out here. I stood before you. I told you our plight. I asked for loose change. You gave us loose change. That year, we took that loose change. We paid the account back, the bank back, and we grew the bank account to $45,000. We also grew the club to 35 members. This club. This club. With the change that was left, we sent an eighth grader to TLC. That eighth grader was my son, Brian. When he left to TLC, if you talked to him, he would give you one-word answers. How was school? Good. How was the food? Eh. How are your friends? Eh. Got a lot of homework? Uh-huh. I thought I was raising a gorilla. <laughs> he goes to TLC. He comes back, gets off the bus, gets in the car. I pull out. We're at the Target. I pull out. I start to drive down the aisle, and I go, honey, how was it? He gave me this full-on dissertation. He was talking in complete sentences. I stopped the car, and he goes, mom, what are you doing? I go, who are you? He was talking in complete sentences. He was so excited about what he learned, so excited about Rotary. After that summer, he joined the Interact Club at his high school and helped reinvigorate it and held several positions in April 30th of this year, he became the charter president of the new Greater San Gabriel Valley Rotary Club. That was his picture. I wish you could have seen his picture. This club, this club, Las Vegas Rotary, changed the trajectory of my son's life forever. So when I stand here before you to talk foundation, talk membership, or talk brand. I don't need to tell you what to do. I simply am here to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my family's heart. And as a representative of Rotary International, they have you well documented of what you do in this community and what you've done for the world. So make no mistake, you are changing lives here in Las Vegas, but you are changing lives across the globe. Thank you, thank you, thank you, all of you. Hi, Lou. Thank you. Thank you so much. What an, a very uplifting speech you gave us. Please come forward here. We're not finished with you yet. We're going to give you our Share What You Can Award, which we give to all of our speakers, which means we're going to don give a donation to the local USO in your name. And from the club, we have a little gift for you there, oh, our little thank orchid. Thank you again. Thank you so much.
Okay, everyone, in the words of a woman I most admire, Amelia Earhart, no kind action ever stops with itself. One kind action leads to another. Let's leave today building connections, taking kind action, serving one another, and rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Board meeting right afterward, meeting adjourned. We hope you enjoyed the latest podcast from the Las Vegas Rotary Club. For more information about future meetings, membership, and our local service projects, please visit lasvegasrotary.com. Now please go out, take action, and connect the world.